Hi, I'm Holly. <laughs> and I'm Danielle, and you're listening to the Spooky Hour. For a second, I forgot. No, I I forgot what order we do it in. I'm like, wait, do we sing first and then say our names, or do we just do the thing? I'm really tired. I smoked too many bowls before doing this. It's fine. (laughs) You're having a great Friday. (sighs) I've had like a really rough week this week, and like nothing particularly bad happened. I think it's just the fucking time change and all of that fun stuff. And there's a full moon out right now, so there's a full moon. Yeah. It's I fucking cried like all night last night for no reason. Nothing <laughs> happened. I was just like, I'm gonna cry. I'm just doing. Are you listening to Taylor Swift? I I'm always listening to Taylor Swift. Oh, I literally I tried to put on another playlist today while I was locked in a an office room, and I lasted like two songs. And I was like, I miss Taylor, so I put back on. <laughs> <laughs> you need therapy. <laughs> leave me alone i'm never going to (laughs) oh it's so funny um i hope everybody else enjoyed taylor's re-release because it was wonderful i didn't listen to it i know you didn't (laughs) just wanted to let you know know. (laughs) Uh, hi friends this is this is how we're starting this episode (laughs) yeah an absolute mess Um, i need to go out and get a bottle of wine after this yeah Ooh, i saw um in uh, loblaws they have like diy wine making kits really? they're so cute on your own grapes um i didn't read them to be honest but one of them was rosé and i was gonna maybe buy it for like our next Christmassy hangout That'd so we can really make fun. our own rosé watch and... me make it too potent and we die <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to leave it fester for like two weeks or something like that so like we can make it and then get drunk on new year's or something i'm down let's do it i'm down <laughs> But, but yeah, it's been a week. It's been a day. Yeah, it's been my it's my dog's third birthday today. Happy and birthday, Kaylu! She got a sixteen hundred dollar vet appointment. <laughs> That's her present. So happy birthday, bitch! It's a great present. Don't you love yeah, dogs? I do. Guys, my dog has to get her knees replaced, and <laughs> she sounds like she's eighty. I know. <laughs> We're changing her name to Edna, right? That's like the vet was just like reassuring. She's like, just so you know that this like. Because she's a luxating patella, so basically her kneecap be popping out or going around a tendon. I don't know. Ew. <laughs> and it's in both knees now. So the vet's like, just so you know, that means it's like genetic. Like, it's nothing you did. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Well, that's comforting. It, yeah. I, you're still not covering my vet bill for me, though. No, it's still... And that, so in other news, we're putting a Patreon up. No I'm kidding. <laughs> the the sixteen hundred dollars was just blood work and, like, biopsies and stuff. It's not even the surgery yet. It's so, so expensive. And, like... Uh, we looked into pet insurance when we got Rupert, and it it wasn't worth it for us. Like, if you look at all the things they wouldn't cover, cover I'm like, it's like, my dog would literally have to get hit by a bus to get any sort of coverage. Yeah, just because of the breed. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I'm sure for some people it's beneficial. I don't want to tell everybody what to do with their money, uh, but it was just not beneficial for us. And I don't think no. it'd be beneficial for you either. No, she's been a problem since the, i shouldn't say a problem she's been a <laughs> medical problem since the first day we got her. we love her very very much we but do. like she's been a challenge yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> the most expensive child i will ever have <laughs> river's gonna go to like oh can i say his name yeah Is that cool okay uh <laughs> river's gonna go to like yale or something and he's still not gonna cost as much as kylo did <laughs> yeah right he's just gonna be like that's unreal, unreal uh, man. so we've both had 
had a very like adulty week in that just like work sucks life sucks yeah. bills suck don't buy a mazda also Ooh. Don't buy <laughs> oh i forgot about that too <laughs> yeah i'm not even gonna get into that just don't fucking do it guys save your money and don't buy a rust bucket okay you're welcome <laughs> welcome thank you for coming to my ted talk i appreciate it and slash our therapy session i guess yeah, like we're too. just release it all release it all <laughs> maybe that'll be one of our posts this week if you have something you want to vent about we're gonna make a post and you can comment on it and just yeah get it out with us the spooky hour therapy session yeah <laughs> free of charge <laughs> we should have been doing that from the start we all need we it i think i was talking yeah. today uh my friend at work is a hunter and he's talking about like killing animals and stuff and i'm like i couldn't imagine doing that like i no. could not imagine doing that and then he was Stuart like showed me the photo and almost threw up yeah he was telling me about like uh like removing the meat from the animal i was like stop it that's so disgusting he's like you literally talk about people getting their throats slit on a fucking podcast and i was like yeah but people suck like he, but he, he has you on that one i'm sorry he does he does but like we talk about like cute dead children and you're just like but a deer but a deer is where i draw the line yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's uh i need therapy for sure <laughs> <laughs> it's free therapy it's fine oh god i think this is gonna be one of those episodes where we're just like <laughs> i know i wish i had a glass of wine right now but i have nothing well i have a full bar downstairs but that's really far but no wine i was just gonna say if you want to run it's it's cool no i'm good okay we're good we can make yeah. it okay so i guess we'll just get into it so danielle can have her wine <laughs> <laughs> um i'm starting today so i'm gonna talk about the case of the jeff davis eight which is also known as the jennings eight um so between 2005 and 2009 eight women from the town of jennings louisiana in jefferson davis parish were murdered so this is why they've been dubbed the jeff davis eight slash the jennings eight i guess they couldn't decide I like I definitely thought that was, like, somebody's name. No, it's just, like, the... So, the town is Jennings, mm-hmm. and the the parish, so, like, the little, like, mini town that they live in <laughs> is uh, Jefferson Davis. So, they just went Jeff Davis slash Jennings 8. They couldn't pick one. Um, but it, I'm, like, I, that's how stupid I am. I'm, like, that's somebody's first name. Like, okay. I thought it was, like, uh, like, one guy killed eight people yeah like that's what i thought this case was but it's not it's just named after they were like very specific in in naming the towns and everything (laughs) so these uh eight women their bodies were found dumped in various ponds and canals throughout the parish um all within like uh, like a, a radius like they were all pretty close together um so the first victim was 28 year old loretta lynn chason lewis loretta uh, lynn. i loved that name i thought that was so cute yeah. um she went missing in 2005 her body was found floating under the grand marais canal um by a man who was out fishing uh, I mean, it technically was... it wouldn't be under the canal if she's floating Oh, she under the canal bridge. Sorry, I totally missed a word. Okay, <laughs> she, she, she was under a bridge. Um, I didn't. I wasn't going to correct you, but I had to. I'm sorry. As soon as you said that, I looked up and saw the word bridge, and I was like, "Shit." Um, so yeah, it was one of those typical like the man was out fishing and thought he saw a mannequin, and then it was okay. not a mannequin. Uh, so Loretta was a sex worker, but she had no known enemies. So this left very few leads for investigators. It's one of those things where essentially every one of her clients is a suspect. Yeah. Um, the cause of her death could not be determined by the coroner. 
less than a month later a group of friends were out hunting bullfrogs which i thought was kind of cute i want to go hunt bullfrogs with my friend my one friend (laughs) i'm not hunting a bullfrog with you oh i just mean like catching i don't want to kill it oh okay i'm fine we can do that we can do that um so they made a grim discovery they found 30 year old ernestine patterson uh she was found dead just six miles from where loretta was located uh while she was found in the water the autopsy would reveal that she was murdered and that her throat had been cut literally Mm. what did i just say like before we started (laughs) (laughs) um always just stick into her theme okay that's i am who i am you know uh over the next four years six more victims were found their bodies started to show up every like few months but it was it was fairly uh sporadic so in may of 2007 the body of whitney charlene dubois was found just south of jennings in the same area as the other victims but she was found on like a quiet side street and not in the water so they didn't initially connect her to the other deaths okay um just a short while later on may 27th uh laconia chantelle brown went missing after leaving her grandmother's house she too was found in the middle of a roadway near a local police uh shooting range strangely enough like the second victim her throat was slit and this was determined to be the cause of death investigators also found that someone had poured bleach on her when they dumped her body there uh which is in my thoughts an attempt to hide dna evidence yeah um so that's like a terrible way to go oh yeah brutal None of these are very nice. Uh, this case is not very nice. I should have said that at the beginning. Uh, on September 11th, 2008, the body of Crystal Zeno was found in a dried up canal two miles southeast of Jennings. Her death was ruled a homicide, but investigators never released the cause of death. It took them over two months to positive, positively ID Crystal due to the state of her body. This led investigators to believe that she'd been there for quite a while. Uh, just a couple months later, November 2nd, 2008, Brittany Gary, who was only 17, disappeared after walking to a nearby dollar store. Um, on November 15th, uh, a family search party found her in the grass off of Keystone Road. Her death is ruled a homicide, uh, but again, her uh, cause of death was not revealed to the public. Okay. Uh, August 16th, 2009, Nicole Gilroy did not return home after having a weird conversation with her mom. Uh, so Nicole allegedly told her mom that it was the police killing the girls that had been found in the area. Her mother also noted early in the year on Nicole's 27th birthday, she said something along the lines of, quote, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be here next year. Uh, shortly before her disappearance, she brought her four children to a relative's house unexpectedly and never came back for them. On August 19th, investigators were notified that, uh, like, landscape workers who were working on the side of the highway found the body of a woman. That body was ID'd to be Nicole the next day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she knew she was going to die. Yes. And she's not the only one. Um, So the victim's causes of death were all over the place, and most were still undetermined at the time. But investigators were able to connect the murders together. All of the victims were from South Jennings, which is known as the, quote, poor side of town. Uh, I hated saying that, but I couldn't, I didn't know the English to say a nicer version of that. And uh, most of them actually knew each other. Kristen Gary Lopez and Brittany Gary were cousins. Brittany Gary and Crystal Benoit were roommates. And all of the women were sex workers and worked out of the same sketchy motel in Jennings. 
All of the ladies except for Ernestine had the same pimp, a man named Frankie Richard, who owned the strip club uh, that most of the girls worked at. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, police tried to charge him with the murders, but the charges were dropped due to like conflicting witness statements. Okay. Um, so these girls all ran in the same circle. They all knew each other. They were all you know acquaintances, uh, co-workers, if you will. Um, all of the women were known to the police as well. They had like sort of petty criminal records for things like drugs and robberies. Um, one of the most interesting connections here, all eight of the victims had worked out deals with the police in the past where they had snitched on various members of gangs and drug rings to get like time shaved off their own sentences. So they were all considered like police informants. Okay. Uh, in December of weird. (laughs) Oh, it's a twisty case. It is not what I expected it to be at all. Um, in December, December. (laughs) Uh, in December of 2008, it was seven victims at this point in time, uh, a task force composed of federal state and local law enforcement agencies, uh, was brought together in an attempt to finally catch the person responsible for the murders. Um, we're like three years into these murders at this point and they're just making a task force. I just want to add. Um, so investigators told the public that they were likely looking for a serial killer and this was the most popular theory for years but as the case grew cold the rumors started to really like bubble up in the town Mm -hmm. Um, in 2008 a journalist named Ethan Brown arrived in Louisiana to investigate alternative theories uh, in an attempt to solve these murders as he started digging into the case he uncovered an alarming amount of misconduct with the local police department and this brought him back to what Nicole Gilroy told her mother before she was murdered. Quote, the police were doing it. Um, so during... I just want to e- stop you for a second. When you have your hand up like that, the uh, the end of your umbrella tattoo, it looks like oh. a candy cane. Oh my God. That's so funny. I'll, we can call it a candy cane just for you, Danielle. Okay. That's... I should get like little actually you know what that was one of the suckiest spots i've ever had tattooed i was gonna say i should put red stripes in it but i'm not gonna do that for you (laughs) i I love you but it's not i don't love you that much if it was in any other location i would do it but no (laughs) just i was just staring at your wrist i'm like what tattoo is that i'm like i think that's her umbrella yeah looks like a candy cane my little umbrella um that's so funny (laughs) you were like i I need to this is an important statement I I'll thought you were going to say ADHD something ADHD about, off. like, my mic or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Um, I already talked about Ethan. Um, so, during Ethan's investigation, relatives of the other victims started sharing their own chilling stories. So, the f- the fifth victim, Laconia Brown, apparently told a family member, quote, three police officers were going to kill her. What? Stories came out from the victims' times in prison as well. Um, so each of them had a stint in prison at some point, And it was alleged that the Jefferson Davis Parish jails were trafficking female inmates, including some of the victims. So this brought about the angle of a cover-up from the parish's entire legal system. What the tits? Yeah. What the tits? <laughs> Uh, the, oh, I scrolled too far again. I'm so bad at this. Um, the Jennings Police Department and the Jefferson Davis Parish Sheriff's Office. That is so many S's. Yeah. Um, oh, I should have put my mouth guard in. I was like, it's not good for somebody with lisps. <laughs> A.K.A. Holly. Oh, me. Um, so they were both well known for being corrupt and in some cases just plain dumb. Uh, they had 20 unsolved murders on their hands in a parish of only 10,000 occupants, which is like a really bad ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the percentages, but I 
didn't put it in here for some reason. Um, on top of that, during the 90s, multiple officers were involved and charged in major drug trafficking deals, obstruction of justice, illegal traffic stops, and using public funds to make large purchases for themselves. Heading into the... Dude, the, these cops are so twisted. Um, heading into the early 2000s, a sexual violence and harassment lawsuit was filed by eight female officers of the Jennings PD against some of their male colleagues. And on top of that, uh, one of the police chiefs was accused of stealing uh, about 4500 bucks in cash, 1800 pills, and more than 380 grams of cocaine and several pounds of weed from the department's evidence room. That sounds an awful lot like drug trafficking to me. I don't know why yeah. someone would need that much, like, 380 grams of cocaine. Like, and either if, he comes just... back, if he comes back into work the next day, then I think it's trafficking. Yeah. Just to say, <laughs> if he doesn't, then he tried to do all of the drugs at the same yeah. time. Then he's an idiot, but he's still an idiot. <laughs> in 2007, in the midst of the investigation, Sergeant Jesse Ewing discovered that two female inmates at the city jail had information on the murders and wanted to talk. In a recorded interview, they told Sergeant Ewing that, quote, higher-ranking officers had covered up the murders. He believed the women, so he didn't trust his own task force with this information. He tried to do the thing, he tried to be good, and he handed the tapes to a local private investigator who sent them to the FBI, who then sent them to the local task force that he didn't want the tapes going to in the first place because they're all fucking crooked. So FBI man, what the fuck? <laughs> Sergeant Ewing ended up being charged with malfeasance, uh, which I don't know what that is, and sexual misconduct, and was fired after 20 years on the force because he was trying to do the right thing. Because he was trying to do the right thing. Uh, the tapes were never released to the public, but it's alleged that they also echo, echo the rumors in town that the police were involved in the murder of the Jennings Eight. Um, as if this wasn't sketchy enough, Ethan also uncovered that Louisiana Congressman Charles. Bostony, I didn't look that up, oops, had allegedly had sex with three of the victims at that motel where the girls worked, and one of his representatives actually owned said hotel. This is going great. Yeah. Um, so this is, it literally sounds like a soap opera. It does. Um, my Google searches are usually crazy true crime, twisted true crime, true crime with a twist. That's literally what I look up. Twist my arm, true crime. <laughs> Um, so the congressman tried to sue Ethan for defamation, but he ended up dropping the charges when he lost the reelection. Well, Sucks. yeah, no shit. Like, you know what Sucks. I hate? I'm going to sue you because of what I did. Yeah. And what I was doing. It's defamation. It's your fault, not mine. Like, bro, own it. Like, I love that he wasn't reelected, though. That just was like cherry on top. Yeah. Good. Um, so the public was obviously pissed with all of these bombs being dropped by Ethan. Uh, there was a huge backlash against the local police in 2009. And in response, the, <laughs> the department decided to do DNA tests on each other to clear their names uh, from being involved in these murders. But they're already all corrupt. So those results were never released. Of course they weren't. <laughs> womp womp. I wonder why. <laughs> Um, so we're still going. There's there's still more corruption. And I literally wrote, I cannot believe how fucked up this police department is and how no one has, like, shut them down at this point. Yeah, but seriously. there's more. So the strip club owner, Frankie Richard, who was the, the girl's pimp, somehow magically got rape charges dropped in 2007, further pushing the theory that the department was corrupt and working with the local lowlives. Um Interesting twist, though. The victim of the attack claimed that Frankie told her, quote, if you tell anyone, bitch, you will end up like the others. So, unfortunately, that's all the investigators have to work with right now. Uh, rumors. Wait, what? That's it? That's it. 
this case is unsolved. I'm pretty sure they solved it. It's just they haven't done anything with it. Yes. I'm also but, pretty sure they've solved yeah. it. I think they know. I think there's... And we'll all get these people there. still have their jobs? Yeah. Except the guy who tried to alert the FBI. He, he doesn't have his job. <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because the fucking American justice system is a joke. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you see that fucking... I forgot to say this Don't in the beginning. Oh, my God. So mad. <sighs> That's another episode. Yeah, um, I can't believe he got away with it. So, we're going to continue. In 2020, a New Orleans nonprofit organization called the Promise of Justice Initiative called for a federal inquiry into Jefferson Davis Parish law enforcement, saying that the area is subject to a, quote, dangerous level of incompetence by law enforcement, which I fucking love that. Yeah. Uh, a dangerous level of incompetence. Like... Um, the current Jeff Davis Parish Sheriff's Office Chief Deputy, Chris Ivey, released a statement saying, How quote, How do you have that fucking long of goddamn name? I should have shortened that because there's so many S's and that was so very difficult for me to say. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Um, so he, he released a, an official statement saying, quote, This is something that happened 20 years ago and none of the people involved work for us, so I don't think we have anything to do with it. Which, like fuck you like they're you're still, still covering alive, for so. all your retired buddies like yeah but they're still alive aka they can still be charged like uh, the fact that he even made that sen- that statement is is offensive that's um, fucking ridiculous so he's in <laughs> on it Duh. oh definitely uh so as i mentioned earlier this case is still unsolved with no real leads i mean we have real leads they just have no leads on paper um a few random men were arrested and released as officers were, were unable to make any of the charges really stick um so i found a comment in a reddit thread the account was deleted so if this was you thank you for summing this up um so i'm going to paraphrase a little bit here quote i'm really torn between two theories the cops are involved in the murders or the local cops are idiots um both is also the third option there i think the cops are somehow tied into the drug trade especially since that one dink was busted for like stealing all of the drugs from the evidence locker Mm -hmm. um it's also alleged that some of the cops were selling out rats to gang members in exchange for money so this could also be how all of the women were targeted as they were all uh, informants for the police department Mm -hmm. so basically like a twisted cop would go to a, a gang member on the street and be like yo this girl said this and then he'd get paid essentially um what the fuck so that makes sense though that theory makes sense i i think so too um so whether or not the cops were actually the ones doing the murdering i don't know but i definitely think they at least helped to cover them up my theory is that they're involved with this uh this frankie this strip club owner guy i think they have some sort of deal going on especially since he said that thing to his victim about you're you're gonna end up like the others yeah so i think they're all buddy buddy with him personally Um, so the the cops are idiots theory uh according to this deleted reddit u- reddit user the local police department's homicide clearance rate was only seven percent and the national average in the u.s is 64 percent so the user believes that the cops were just like not used to trying to solve murders like they, they didn't really have a huge homicide rate in their county so they were just like oh my god people are dying we don't know what to do i'm surprised they can put their socks on in the morning like what the literally fuck? um so like the 20 unsolved cases kind of back that up to an extent um i was having a breakdown while typing this in all caps i wrote or do they are they just covering up for those murders too ah yeah <laughs> but like, say they don't have say they have no involvement in these murders the fact that they can't solve a crime 
is just a whole other issue on its own is that not their their job right like why do you have (laughs) cops at that point literally this town is just running itself essentially doesn't the states have a law where if you enter the person's home you can shoot them so i mean like why can't the citizens just be cops at that point (laughs) like they they pretty much are at this point like everybody that's like really looking into this is all like volunteers and like non-profit organizations and all that stuff like it's not it's not the police it sounds like corruption though it definitely So I personally do not believe the serial killer theory here. I think it's something to do with the police being involved with local gangs slash the local sex trade. Something fishy is here. Um, I really, really, really would love to see justice served in this case. Um, This is one of those cases where like, meh, they're just sex workers. We don't care. Like it's giving very much that vibe and I don't like that very much. So there's too many cases like that and we don't appreciate it. Yeah, we don't love it. Um, So that's why I wanted to cover it. Absolutely awful. Um, Definitely look into it more. If you have any information, call the police, just not the ones in Jennings. No, because you'll just die. You're only good at writing tickets and eating donuts. Literally. If they even managed to pick up the phone successfully, I'd be impressed. Yeah. Do you, like, have you watched, like, a scary movie? Yeah. Like, when they do, like, this, like, I know it's all scream, but, like, they're cops. That's what I'm Yeah. In when her hat head. keeps getting bigger <laughs> <laughs> the most subtle jokes in all the movie history right it's just fucking ridiculous man oh but yeah that, that case it. made me mad so i had to i had to get it out there it makes us just hate cops even more it does i hate the incompetence yeah um beyond the incompetence the possible like involvement is just it's baffling to me it's mind it's absolutely fucking mind-blowing that they've gotten away with it for this long this long this happened Mm. this started in 2005 that's fucking nuts yeah and the corruption was long before that like like i said some of it was into the 90s like imagine you're like applying to that police department and like you have to fill out a survey like how corrupt are you (laughs) will you be willing to do this this and this (laughs) if you check here's the thing we sell drugs out of here are you cool with that like Like, and like if you hire new people like how do you just like like, do you have, like, a, a meter in your head where it's, like, this guy? I, can, I get think I can convince him to be a fucking douche. I think there is. Like, there's always, uh, like, between gangs and cults and just any sort of group that does bad things, there's that sort of, uh, what do they call it, like, love bombing in the beginning. So I could see yeah. them being, like, buddy-buddy at first. Like, hey, let's go for beers after work. And then, yeah. you know, do you want to try some blow? Hey, do you want to know where I got this blow? work you know what i mean like it just kind of snowballs or kind of like put them in a situation and make it their fault and just be like hey you have to do this this and this because i know about this like the manipulation one too yeah that's true that's true it's like it's it's so ridiculous it sounds fake you know yeah it sounds like a. Soap it opera. sounds like a soap opera but are this we is... watching passions right now oh my god i wish i was watching passions right now is timmy still down the well <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's fucking bananas that it's happening in real life but it is fuck man that's ridiculous but um should we do spooky time, spooky time? let's get spooky so i'm doing one that we were actually gonna hold off on this one because we wanted to go there but i don't think i'm ever Who's... gonna we what me and oh me. is it we... uh, yeah just say it i don't know what it is <laughs> it's jester's court oh yeah right, right, right. i couldn't hold Fun. off because i have like an illegitimate experience at this place and it's fucking crazy and i want to do it and it's a, it's a restaurant so that's why we can't go but i'm thinking about going for my birthday this year so we'll see about <gasps> let's it let's do it yeah let's do it but we're gonna talk about it and then if we go again we'll fucking talk about them too 
We'll bring. Um, we'll we'll try to get footage of some sort. Yeah, it, this place is fucking creepy. And when I think about what happened, like I get shivers. I, I explain after everything, and then you guys can let me know if I'm fucking crazy or not. I mean, we know you're fucking crazy. But well, like. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, ghost crazy. <laughs> um, Let's so do it. Jester's Court is a restaurant located in Port Perry, Ontario. So it was originally a former private residence, but. Um, it was subject to, like, the Port Perry fires. I don't know if you ever heard of those. I had not heard of that. I'm going to get to wipe the town out. It did. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Oh, twice. fuck. <laughs> um, so this house burnt down in those fires twice. So the first fire in Port Perry was in 1883. It happened on November 26, 1883. I don't know why I said that twice. Um, they think this fire, this first fire started in the back of the Port Perry House Hotel, which was on the corner of Queen Street and Walter Street. So Jester's Court is located on Queen Street. Okay. Um, so this first fire ripped through the buildings on the north side of Queen Street, so including Jester's Court. But at that time, it was just like a residential home. It wasn't like a restaurant or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they think this fire was caused from like a furnace or like hot ashes from like a fireplace. Um, there was about five or six buildings burnt down in this fire and then a bunch of other ones that were heavily damaged. Um, so the community rebuilt and then in July 3rd, 1884, <laughs> literally eight months later, no lessons were learned from last time. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> a fire broke out early in the morning. However, this fire was like absolutely unstoppable and destroyed Port Perry completely. Wow. Um, yeah. It's an- so weird to think about that. Like part of me is like, how come they didn't just put it out? But it's like, it's the 1800s. Yeah, they just have buckets always. Yeah. <laughs> Literally what they had. Um, so there was an estimated 70 buildings that were destroyed. This fire was wow. believed to have started in the stables behind the Mansion House Hotel, which is actually currently like the post office in Port Perry. <laughs> <laughs> you almost choked on your iced coffee. It's I don't know why that was so funny. I thought you were going to say like still a hotel. But <laughs> no, it's the post office. <laughs> um, so the back of most hotels then had stables in the back because like guests rode horses. So it's like a oh my car God, park. That's so weird. Like a horse park. Yeah. Like, so fucking weird. I don't know um, why I'm thinking of Lord of the Rings right now too because I'm pretty sure they <laughs> Lord of the Rings. They go to like a pub and people park their horses. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Port Perry is Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, so they think the blacksmith um, forge, which is like the furnace they work with, um, wasn't put out. And there was like a wind at the time and it caught it, like it caught the fire. And it, it started with like the stable and then it moved to the back of the hotel and just went through the town because the wind was pretty bad. Um, so this fire destroyed every building in Port Perry's downtown core. That's which crazy. Is, yeah, which is Queen Street, John Street and Water Street. Um, Holly, people fucking slept through it. No one <laughs> was injured, apparently. But everyone just, like, sleeping happily in their bunks. But the, like, houses that burnt down, like, no one was home where they managed to get out. But most people slept through it. Like, the town didn't know. They just woke up and they were like, oh, fuck. There's just, like, ash everywhere. They're like, what happened? Very much me. I sleep in a basement. So, like... You'd, you'd be dead. So. Yeah. Um, so, again, um, this place got burnt down um so that's like the port perry fire history so now some of like the actual like jester's court history um the property was originally elias williams but he died in 1851 so his son inherited the property his son then sold it to james mcconnell in 1857 who then sold it a few months later to james good so james good was the first guy to like finally decide to do something with the land and he built like a workshop and residence on the property in 1859 um, and then sold it to Dan Ireland in 1871, who turned the building into a hotel. Um, throughout the next few years, there was like a shit ton of different owners, but the whole time it stayed as a hotel. It then, 
So again, it, <laughs> I just thinking about the fires. So it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it then again burnt down twice. Um, and in one of the fires, there was Joseph Deshawn in the building, and he got seriously injured. He had severe burns and lost his eye. Um, oh, fuck. And the hotel was destroyed, as I said before, which was now Jester's Court. But so like no one was like. I don't know if he was injured in the first fire or second, but it says that no one was injured in the second fire. So I'm assuming it was the first. Yeah. Um, in 1913, the property was bought by James Carnage. Um, he built a two-story home, which is the building it currently is right now. Um, James died in the home in October 1921, and his family lived in the house until 1931 when his um, widowed wife sold it to John Murray. So the Murrays were the caretakers of the Ulster estate in Port Perry, and they decided to retire, so they purchased this home as their retirement home. The uh-huh. house in town, like, it just became known as the Murray house in town. A Yeah, the Murray house. <laughs> so if my you cousin. Go there, so if you, if you go there, people still believe that... Um, like, people will still refer it to as the Murray House. That's, That's so just cool. kind of what it's known as. Um, in August of 1978, it was then bought by Carol uh, Moreau, who changed the home into a restaurant. In 1986, it was then sold to Nikki Bainbridge. Um, and then it sold again in 1997 to Wayne and Margaret McGibney, who then opened Jester's Court. So that's what it is now. I believe it's been it, through a lot of hands, eh? Dude, I didn't even mention some of them because I'm like, I'm not mentioning every fucking person <laughs> on this one. Um, so I believe it has new owners, but they like, kind of like, they either got new ownership or like part ownership. But I'm, I think the McGibney is still part of that residence. Um, but it's still Jester's Court and has been since 1997. So this building is said to be haunted, and the stories of these hauntings date back to when it was the Murray House. Um, but some alleged spirits in the place date back to when it was a hotel in the 19th century. Um, so some people have seen poltergeist activity in the building, such as salt and pepper shakers being moved or even thrown across the room. The paintings on the wall will randomly begin to like shake or like move. Yeah, and they have a haunted washroom, which is <laughs> you went my... to, right? Yeah, so that's my story, and I'll tell you about it in a minute. But it's about this washroom. Um, so I can't think of anything more inconvenient than a ghost scaring you like mid poop. Like Dude, that's just it's... so rude, right? Especially when they like, like lock doors and stuff, and you're like, "Fuck, man, this is the worst experience <laughs> ever." Um, so, um, so the, this haunted washroom is on the second floor of the building, and the ladies' washroom is the one that's said to be haunted. Apparently, there's a lady in blue who haunts the ladies' washroom. She's kind of like in a Victorian-style dress. Um, She's seen as like a full-body apparition. Oh, Um, good. Yeah, staff believe she may be one of of the spirits that blows out candles, turns off lights, and like slams the doors. So she's like, they believe she's the one who's mainly doing the poltergeist activity. Um, One of the stall doors is said to get jammed a lot and then like randomly unjam while you're like in there. So you'll be like peeing and then you'll like go to leave and it'll be jammed and you're like, no one else is in there. And then all of a sudden it'll just like randomly unlock. You like start to panic almost and then it just like poof. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, People like to kind of believe like being held closed, I guess. Um, The taps will also turn off and on, which is said to be caused by a little girl and a little boy ghost. And we all love kid ghosts. Oh, yeah. My favorite. Yeah, I love it. The little girl is seen a lot on the stairway going upstairs. And then there's an angry looking older gentleman who people believe is um, the gentleman who died in the home. One of the Murrays, right? 
No, James Carnage. Oh. So, so people believe it might, that this angry oh. old man is James. Um, yeah, so he's said to be seen in the upstairs window, and he'll just stare at you. So if you're, like, downstairs on the street, like, they have a patio outside, too, but if you're downstairs, you'll just, like, stare at you through the window. Ew. Yeah, blinds will also be pulled up and down on the second floor, which people, again, have seen from the street. Um, and then there's a reported couple who dine at table 13 and they like to move things. So sometimes they'll move like the salt and pepper shakers at your table and stuff like that. I love that it's 13 too. Right. <laughs> so when we go, we have to like book the table 13. Oh my God. Do you, can we do that? Do you think? Yeah, you can. You can. Let's do it. Yeah. So I'm going to get into my experience of this place. There's not too much history about it, but this place I'm fucking obsessed with. Okay. So um me and Stuart are avid motorcycle riders and we were always in port perry because everyone goes there when you have a motorcycle apparently. yeah because it's and pretty it's very pretty up there and it's still relatively a small town too yeah yeah and um so we were up there one day and then we drove we rode home and we told my sister about it because and my sister's like a big foodie her and her boyfriend and she's like if you ever if you're up there again go to gestures court like the food's absolutely amazing i'm like okay cool so one day in the summer, we rode up there. I think this was like in 2018, I want to say. It was the year before we bought the house. Um, so we, we rode up there and we were sitting on... It's beautiful summer day. We're sitting on the patio. We were about to leave. I'm like, I'm going to piss my pants. So I'm going to go inside. <laughs> and when you walk in... So I never went inside. I didn't know about this place at all. And um, so I went inside. And as soon as you walk in, the bar's to the left. And then there's like the restaurants. And then the stairs are right in front of you. So I go into the bar. I'm like, where's where's the washroom and the girl was like well there's one here but there's like a lineup so someone was in the washroom and then there was someone standing waiting and she's like but there's also one upstairs and i'm like cool i'm about to pee my pants dun, dun, dun. <laughs> i do it's so thinking about it now it's just creepy i'm gonna get into it so i go upstairs and as soon as you get upstairs i'm not even kidding because the, the upstairs isn't used i think you can book it out for like a party room but they don't mm-hmm. use it so when you walk up it's like empty there's like tables up there but they're like stacked like it's obviously not used and you just get this overall like very creepy feeling and it's just it's uh, i took it as it's an old house the lights are off i'm terrified yeah and uh so you when you go up the stairs you go to the right there's a little hallway and that's where the washrooms are okay i'm not even kidding you the washroom is like a closet so when you, <laughs> if someone's sitting there standing there washing their hands and you open the door you're gonna smoke them <laughs> so that's I, very typical of like little restaurants around here yeah, though <laughs> it's so true so you walk so i walk into the washroom no one was there, thank fucking God, so I didn't smoke anyone with the door. <laughs> there's two stalls. The first stall, originally, like, I don't remember seeing any feet there, but I also wasn't looking for it, but the, the door was locked and closed. Mm-hmm. So I went to the second stall, and the stall is, like, really tiny. I'm not even fucking with you. I had to stand over the toilet so I could shut the door because my it would hit my body. That's how small these washrooms are. Like For reference, Danielle is a small human. Danielle is not a large human. No. Like, it's, it's <laughs> I probably nuts. would not fit in that yeah. stall. <laughs> I, I remember texting you that. I remember texting you being like, I can't, I have to stand over the toilet to be able to yeah. shut this door. So I did that, and then I hear this, like, little boy and originally my first thought was am i in like the men's washroom because i didn't even check i'm like what the fuck and then i'm yeah. like he's probably with his mom because he's like chit-chatting i never yeah. heard his mom not once but the stall door opened then the water started like they started washing their hands and this kid is just chatting i'm done i do my business i open I fucking stand over the toilet open the door get out <laughs> and the water's at this point like the water stopped running and stuff but i never heard the bathroom door open not once heard the bathroom Stop to leave it. and i just didn't think anything of it but i felt really uneasy i was like Ugh. i'm like that's weird i'm like i swear someone was in here so then i washed my hands went downstairs paid our bill and we left 
I never fucking thought about it after that. Not once. Oh my god. I don't even think you've like told me this. I never fucking thought about it. We went back and then it was like like literally a month later so we went in September. It was right before our motorcycle season was done because it gets cold. Um, we're like we're gonna go up to Port Perry. It was evening so we actually sat inside this time. So parked our bikes, go inside. We're sitting inside. We order our food. By the way, the staff there is fucking lovely. They're the <laughs> nicest people. Their food is amazing. We're going to tag them. If you're in the area, yeah. go to there. Definitely go. It's the most amazing place. And we, so I sit down and I'm like, this place just like, I feel like it's probably haunted. And I think like the waitress overheard me because when she gave us our food, she's like, this place is haunted. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this and sounds like a movie. <laughs> you know what she, I mean? Like the first scene in a horror movie. Yeah. She proceeded to tell me about all of the the ghosts in this the building. And she's like, the upstairs ladies washroom is known for the tap being turned on, little kids being in there, and like the doors locking and stuff. And Holly, I think she like thought I had a stroke. My face went so white. I was like, oh my what? God. I was like, I literally had an experience like that. I don't remember that child leaving. I don't remember hearing his mom. I don't remember seeing feet on in oh the stall. Oh, my God. Isn't and that's that... so specific, too. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. I had no idea this place. When Emma, I told Emma, I'm like, did you know that like, place is haunted? gave me a shiver. She, <laughs> Emma was just like, I had no idea. So I only went because Emma told me it was good. And by the way, their food's amazing. Highly recommend. But yeah, that's sponsor us. Sport. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back. So every time we go, we've gone back, we always talk about the ghosts. And one time we went up with a bunch of our friends, like the motorcycle group, and like, um, and we told we told them about it. And he went upstairs like all terrified. And so the waitress gave Stuart um, uh, like a coaster, and he threw it up and scared the shit out of there. <laughs> it was so funny but yeah they don't use the like even like some of the waitresses there say they won't go upstairs after a certain amount of time like at, like at once like at dark starts, and stuff they won't go up there at all oh that's terrifying yeah and i, I want to go wonder, let's I do was, it i was always wondering i'm like because when i first went there was like a lineup for the bathroom and i'm like i'm, I'm assuming this why doesn't anyone go upstairs person, yeah and my dumb ass was just like all right let's go <laughs> that's so funny yeah <laughs> everybody else just knows they're like i'm not going up there like no, that. Like, and there's my me. god yeah isn't that terrifying like every time we i should... think about it i'm like i legit that's my first like legitimate experience where i had no idea we should message them and see if they'll let us stay there like not like super long after close yeah. but like long enough so that we're alone like you guys I can think... clean and shit but like let us just go upstairs for yeah. a second <laughs> I mean, I think they're pretty amazing there. Like, every time we're there, like, they let us just go upstairs and, like, wander around, take pictures if we want. I love that. Yeah. I want to go so much. Really we should do there. that for your birthday. We should. I love that. Yeah. That's Jester's Court in Port Perry. So if you live around there or you're in Ontario, go visit. They're haunted. It's their food's ama- Their food's amazing. Every time I've gone there, I've gotten something different off the menu, and I've never once had an issue with it. But yeah, no, I do want to go there. We meant to go, and then, like, you know, the the pandemic hit yeah um but i would love to go for your birthday if you want to go i'm down you can edit this out but if Stuart doesn't want to go with you i'll take you perfect and we'll go get some haunted and maybe we'll see some more ghosts upstairs maybe they'll lock us in the washroom oh we could use our little ghosty app thing too the yeah. little yeah let's do it let's do it you guys you can come with us well maybe we can like, <laughs> live stream it or something <gasps> we should uh we could do like an instagram live or something so fun yeah. You could just watch us get drunk and do stupid <laughs> shit. <laughs> Danielle actually breaks her neck falling down the stairs. This, <laughs> the stairs are intense. Like when you walk in, the stairs go straight up and then they have like the little right turn and then the yeah. stairs go right back up. It's just perfect. Yeah. I could fumble all the way down. It'll yeah. be great. It's great. 
but yeah that's it but if you have any spooky stories you want to share yes with we us, still need spooky tales yeah you can email us the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com we have instagram come hang out with us it's a spooky hour podcast and you can find us on twitter at spooky hour i did that backwards and i didn't fuck it up it's fine it, it sounded great yeah and you. honestly the spooky tales is the most important so like um, it's good that you put it first because we want some thank you i like that we both shared our own spooky tales and we're we're, we're trying to inspire yeah, you guys to share are. with us <laughs> i've been waiting to tell this one because like to this day it still gives like it still makes my stomach turn i don't think you ever told me the part about the little boy though because yeah. probably you didn't think about it in the no. time like you just were like oh some little kids in here yeah I, the only God. thought that went through my head was literally like am i in the boys washroom <laughs> <laughs> that's like the only thought. no I was you're like, just in the ghost washroom yeah it's fine <laughs> and the tap turned on and then the door didn't open and i just you gotta go and, man guys i wasn't drinking because i was on my motorcycle i don't know how to drink <laughs> So I was sober. She was not hallucinating. <laughs> no, I was not. I was fully sober because I don't drink when I ride my bike. So, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But yeah, send us send us your spooky stories. That's Theries. a combination of tales and stories. Yeah. Um, and I guess just stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.